Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what's hot in the news, or any topic that can help us lose weight, be healthier, or live longer better. Usually all three. This is a fun month in our family, jam-packed with lots of birthdays. In fact, my mom, who just turned 91, has two great-grandkids naturally born on her birthday. I say, is she the queen or what? I just want them all to live a long and vital life. So I want to increase all of our chances for health and longevity. In this day, to increase our chance of the quality of life long term, the topic is cancer prevention. In this show, I'm going to give you the most important essential tools to prevent cancer including diet, lifestyle, and research on prevention and treatment with natural alternatives. You know, all of us have been touched by someone who's had cancer, and the overall lifetime risk of each of us is getting uncomfortably large. So I'm going to talk about personal risk reduction because we have so much we can do to radically reduce our risk of getting cancer. And hang on to the end of the show, and I'm going to give you my personal selection of supplements that are top for cancer prevention, even used in combination with conventional treatments if someone's had the diagnosis. What guy triggered today for this topic is yet another person I know who has gotten that dreaded diagnosis. You know, it really is time we all set our feet down firmly in defense of our health before we're the next to get the diagnosis. You know, I get a little selfish. These these terrible lifestyle and environmental diseases are taking our favorite people, whether it's cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, or a laundry list of diseases. We seem to ignore what we can do to radically reduce our own risk of these diseases that rob us from so many quality years of life. I, for one, am tired of it, and I want all of you to do what you can to change this. This is really good news because what you can do to prevent one disease is going to prevent a lot of different diseases. So first of all, let's review what we know. Genes. Okay? It runs in the family. Oh, you know, it's in my genes. Baloney. This is super important. You know, all of that research we did on genes, what it's told us that it's epigenetic that's most important. Only 2% of cancers are genetic. That's great news. So forget the fact it runs in the family. Let me repeat it. Forget that it runs in the family. 2%. That's two out of 100. That's not very much. Far more likely that you've inherited your family's lifestyle and dietary habits. You know, this is really evident. We've done lots of twin studies that followed sets of identical twins that were separated at birth. If it were genetic, the health of the identical twins would mirror each other, but it didn't. Amazing, huh? In fact, the health was clearly linked to the family that raised the twin because diet and lifestyle was the one factor. 
our genes influence very little of our risk of cancer, or most diseases for that matter. Most of the difference in cancer risk between people is really due to facts that are not inherited. It's pretty obvious with the epidemic that we are seeing in cancers today that it is diet and lifestyle and environmental exposure. Clearly, we inherit diet and lifestyle, and that impacts the expression of our genes more than anything. We used to think that some groups were more immune to cancer. For example, Japanese women had a very, very, very low level of breast cancer risk. In fact, it was their diet and lifestyle. When they immigrated to the U.S., if they took on the standard American diet, their risk equaled the average American. If they maintained their Japanese diet and lifestyle, it remained low. So it is obviously diet and lifestyle. So that leaves us environmental influences, or what we call epigenetic. Epi meaning above, over. Epigenetics is how our environment reacts with our genes, how we can turn on or turn off genes that promote or suppress. These genes are influenced by everything we're exposed to. Toxins in your air, your water, your food, cosmetics, plastic chemicals we're exposed to in life. And also basic lifestyle factors like stress, sleep, diet, exercise or movement, obesity, excess alcohol. And then you've got viruses and other pathogens. But for the most part, these are things you can modify and change in your life. You've got power over these future health conditions. It's amazing to me that this news isn't broadcast as loud as it can be because it can make a world of difference and probably save Medicare and Social Security. I guess prevention doesn't make near as much money as disease. And you're not going to get anybody to advertise the drugs. So instead of being victims of disease, your choices and daily actions can increase your chance for health, vitality, and longevity. What could be better? Okay, so some of the things we can change and influence. Number one, well, tobacco. We've all gotten that memo. Most Americans don't use tobacco, and that we know it increases lung and other cancers. And at about $10 a pack, that's really reduced the addiction to tobacco. Check this one off. We've finally pretty much gotten the word out, so we won't be hopefully replacing it with vaping. And that's just as bad, if not worse. Second thing, achieve and maintain a healthy weight throughout life. Obviously, most important cancer risk can be changed by body weight. You know, and I'm thinking since $10 for a pack of cigarettes has impacted smoking, I really think we should tax junk food and sugar. You know, Every nutritionist knows about a nutritional index. You know, if it's not going to be a good high index, lots of nutrients, lots of sugar is low, you know, that would make a huge difference. Just a thought. American Cancer Society says be as lean as possible throughout life without being underweight. We really aren't used to people being at a healthy BMI. You know, we're, we're used to people being heavier. You compare group photos from the Ohio State Fair in 1950 to last year, 2023, 
you would be appalled. Our eyes just are not used to seeing thin people. One of the biggest reasons the excess weight is a problem in all areas of health is it puts greater metabolic load, toxic on the liver and the kidneys. And we just have to detoxify and clear all those poisons. So, you know, carrying around that excess weight, I'm not talking cosmetics, not at all. I'm talking health. And for those who are overweight or obese, even losing a small amount can have health benefits. If you're 300, you lose 10%, 5 or 10%, you're going to see benefits. So this, this is what overweight likely increases the risk of gallbladder cancer, liver cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, multiple myeloma, breast uterine cancer, prostate cancer. In addition, having too much belly fat is linked to increased risk of colorectal cancers, pancreatic, endometrium, and again, breast cancer in women postmenopausal. Most studies strong link between weight loss and a lower risk of breast cancer after menopause. It's never too late. Number three, be physically active. This is huge for everything associated with health, from your heart to your brain to your immune system. We got to move and be strong. You know, a new study from the National Institute of Health shows that 8,000 steps a day reduce the risk of death by 51% over people who only got 4,000 steps. Another huge study from the UK found that about 9,000 steps a day reduce risk of dementia by 51%. Walking to prevent cancer and dementia, pretty amazing. Well, let's build more sidewalks. We are designed to move. Walking is good, but we also need muscle. You know, if you don't weight train, you're going to lose 1% of muscle mass every year. And that adds up to a heck of a lot of fat that replaces muscle. So even if you weigh the same, when you were 20 or 30, if you're not weight training, you got more fat and less muscle. So adults, you know, we're saying 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity every week preferably spread throughout the week. So that's like 20, 30 minutes a day of moderate activity, you know, and that is 2% of your day. Heck, give it 1%. You're going to benefit. Do some sort of physical activity. No matter what one's level of activity, it's going to have benefits, lowering your risk for all sorts of health problems. Okay? Wear a pedometer, smartwatch. I don't care, but just start increasing your number of steps. You know, I, I like to have an accountability, so I'll, my watch keeps track for me. Other people use their, their phone, but it's all good. Okay, number four. You know, I kind of think it should be number one. You know me. Eating a healthy diet with emphasis on colorful plant foods. Limiting your processed meat, red fatty meat, all that. Gone are the deli meats, bacon and such. Fresh meat only, traditionally raised on the grass-fed and pastured. Prepare meat by meat, poultry, and fish by baking, broiling, or poaching rather than frying or charbroiling. You know, there's those compounds that are formed under high heat that aren't so good. 
and eating at least two and a half cups of vegetables and fruits every day. You know, they they say that's about five servings. Nine to 10 are going to be even better. But for uh, there was a review, a team of researchers analyzed research from 95 independent studies looking at fruit and vegetable intake and early death from any cause. And the study was worldwide involved 2.1 million participants. Okay. Data shows that eating five servings a day was protective. 10 servings a day was greatest benefit. So that's two to three with each meal and one for a snack. So not as hard as you think. You know, I've got lots of recipes and, you know, you got soups, you've got all sorts of things, colorful berries, broccoli, cauliflower, you know, the cruciferous really something should be eaten from that category every day. And if you're going to eat grains, keeping the unrefined, non-GMO, organic grains only. No conventional wheat, corn, or soy. Absolutely. Those destroy the gut microbiome because of all the pesticides and herbicides. If you drink alcohol, limit to no more than one a day, and it's preferable for keeping it to under three a week. Watch for food additives and contaminants. Watch for hormones and antibiotics and the animal farming and, you know, just so many things. Now we we have to just touch a little bit about toxins. Oh my gosh, I've done so many testing on these with people lately, and there's high levels of all sorts of phthalates, bisphenol A, but really all the bisphenols we need to watch out for. These compounds really do influence cancer risk. They're hormone disruptors. Um, We call them endocrine disruptors because they act like hormones and really increase the risk for many cancers. And then you've got heavy metals like cadmium and mercury. They build up in the food supply. Um, Hot topics include tuna, salmon, and even rice. So I I certainly think that is a good idea to a lot allocate the budget to have as many organic things as possible, utilizing the environmental working groups, Clean 15 or the Dirty Dozen. If you have questions about any of this, just email me. I will give you all the info on it. Okay, so I told you, I promise, my personal choices on supplements, and I have a free book at the shop you can pick up that really does a deep dive My number one, you know me, curcumin, the BCM95 of turmeric, you know, and don't be misled by taking turmeric. It only has 2% curcumin. And I love the BCM extract of curcumin. There's so much research that it can prevent and even treat cancer through many mechanisms. It encourages cancer cells to self-destruct, prevents them from getting blood supply. Um, also can help cancer go into remission. There's so many powerful things, so many benefits. I could go on and on and on. Believe me when I say I take it every day and I feel it's the number one thing that I take to protect my health. Number two, andrographis, powerful adaptogen, another one from India, been shown to fight cancer in five different ways, um, encourages cancer cells to self-destruct and also when taken with conventional treatment, helps to banish brain fog. Number three, grape seed extract. Contains so many of these OPCs. 
oligomeric proanthocyanidins. That's why we call them OPCs, super antioxidants. Combined with curcumin, oh my goodness, very effective. Number four, berberine. A lot of research using metformin on its anti-cancer. I prefer almost the equivalent, berberine, my favorite, has a long history equal to use with metformin, targeted and uh, applauded for targeting belly fat, fatty liver, cholesterol, triglycerides, all the metabolically dysfunctional things, and remarkable effectiveness in colon cancer. Um, Some of these other, they spark cancer cells to self-destruct, prevent spreading. You know, it's like interesting. There's a lot of research where it can be used to complement conventional treatment. And now number five, melatonin. Not usually we think of for sleep supplement, but compelling research on the immune system. There is evidence that it works to stop progression and even the spread of cancer. I know one doctor, Dr. Robert Roundtree, who has a patient with pancreatic cancer who's taken 20 milligrams for over 20 years. Of course, most more research needs to be conducted, absolutely. And I truly believe that if we keep all these things in mind, the diet, the lifestyle, maybe add one or two supplements on a regular basis, we can slash our lifetime risk of cancer and assure a long and healthy life free of disease. It takes a lot of work, maybe. But what a great hobby that pays you back huge dividends. So that was just a quick rundown to help, but there's so much more we can do. I know change is hard, and that's why I have programs to help people address their personal needs, their own personal risk factors, their genetic predispositions, and support them in making the changes they can live with, thrive, increase their health, longevity, and vitality. Anyone wants to talk to me or work with directly, you can reach me at debford.com. My greatest joy to help people overcome their barriers to health. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope it helped you or someone you love. As always, you can listen to this or other shows wherever you listen to podcasts or on my website, debford.com. Have a great day and do something really healthy for yourself.